John, how are you feeling today? Uh, rushed. I have way too much on my plate right now. What about you, man? Oh, I have nothing on my plate. Like, Sounds absolutely, awesome. absolutely zero do I ever have on my plate except for house chores. And you know what the cool thing about house chores is? You do them and they're done? Uh, and you can do them whenever. For like a week? Yeah. Like, it yeah. could be midnight and I can be like, okay, I'll go do the dishes before I go to bed. Yep. And then we're done. Yep. <laughs> it's fantastic. I have a lot of shit to do. Uh, like? Today, I have I have to go shopping for groceries and stuff. And then I have to make karaage and computer gobo and cold brew coffee and edamame and steam some broccoli. And I need to make some mayonnaise and I need some start making some pickles and then I need to make some bread. And then I need to make soup, which is the only thing of that list that I'm actually consuming today. Um, I'm sorry, did you pronounce it cold brew coffee? No, I said cold brew coffee. No, you said you said cold brew coffee. No. Yeah. No. There's two E's. It's not an E with an accent. I know that. (laughs) It's okay. I'll play it back for you once I once I've got the episode (laughs) together. I'll show you. Oh, cool. Yeah. How are you going to manage that? What, what do you mean? How are you going to play it back for me? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to like clip it and I'm going to leave like a 10 second clip of you saying that list and in the middle of it will be cold brew coffee. Ah, it'll be beautiful. We'll yeah, I also need to uh do some painting today because for the last four weeks three weeks uh i've been building out a closet in my house um my house (laughs) has three bedrooms and none of them have closets which technically means i have no bedrooms but there are uh because the way code works you you have to have two points of egress and you have to have a closet in order for it to be a bedroom um, How do you have you no have closets? Uh, so, there are spaces where the closet should be. So, there's like an indent in the room where the, clearly that is the closet area. Uh-huh. But they have no doors at all. Oh, so it's like my closet. So it's, yeah, it's just an indent, and that's it. Although I took um, I took the doors off myself. It, it it used to have doors. Okay. Yeah. yeah. None of these have ever had doors. When we moved in, there was a uh pole at the very top, like a like a curtain rod sort of thing. And I'm assuming at some point someone put curtains in to make it a viable closet, but right. that's ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's it's an idea. It, it, correct. It is <laughs> it is technically one of those. <laughs> they um, thought of something. <laughs> and for the most part, like for right right now, I am recording in a closet because my desk fits in the closet, and uh, I might as well just put it there because it's kind of out of the way, and. All of the rooms in my house are rather small, so for the most part, we just left the closets as is, so that we'd have a little bit more room. 
And things like in the bedroom, like the master bedroom, I don't, I don't need the closet to be closed off. Like I'm not. It's okay for me to look in there and see clothing that I own and wear. Right. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but uh, we the the other bedroom, the the third technical bedroom in our house, um, is uh, it had a really weird closet it technically had two closets and there was oh, like, i've had a room like that before there's one closet area and then there's like one of the walls of the closet is like a, a freestanding like three-quarter wall coming out right <laughs> like doesn't come out all the way and then there's right next to the big closet another smaller closet neither of them had doors you know, back in 2006, 2007, before the financial crash took everything from my family, uh, we lived in yeah. this big two-story house, and I had a room on the second floor all to myself. My brother was still living with us, so it could have ended up like, like him, him and I in the same room. But no, I had this room all to myself. It was fucking massive. It had two closets, <laughs> one on either side of the back wall, right? And then in between them was a built-in desk. It was amazing. <laughs> God, I okay. wish I could buy that house again, but it would probably be like $600,000 today. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Even though it's in the woods in the middle of nowhere, like 30 minutes from Panama City. <laughs> mm. Yeah, probably. Yep. I don't know. 30 minutes from Panama City isn't bad. No, it's not if horrible. like Panama City. Which, which I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Panama City's slightly better than Daytona. The The thing with um, Florida is that every single big city on the Gulf of Mexico fucking sucks. Correct. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, there's just no good coastline left on the Gulf of Mexico because deregulation has allowed, like, condos and shit to be built on the water hey that's not as bad as south carolina where the government made it illegal to use climate change as a uh method of determining where houses should build so uh i believe it was two weeks ago that another state like not south carolina found the remnants of a house that had just washed away from south carolina I hate America. Like, I legit just hate I, this country I, so much. I, I hate South Carolina. <laughs> no, I hate Florida. I hate Texas. I hate Alabama. I hate South Carolina. Honestly, I hate California. Uh, like, yeah, there's in just, many ways, I agree. There's just no good states. The, the con no. And the country is not good. I, I hate it. <laughs> I'm just bummed out every time I look at the news. I, I have to stop looking at the news some days because it's like, today, today I have a good day. Today I do not see the, the the passing of the don't say gay bill in Florida. Not today, America. So the, the, the problem is that, like, yes, America is bad, but also so are all of the rest of the countries. Right, like, but I don't live there. Yeah. 
<laughs> like in France, where they've got so many freedoms, except for the fact where Muslim women are just don't have religious freedom. They, they right. can't wear their religious clothings. Which, right. You know. And also, they I, have I'm, even I'm, more fascist police than we do. France beats correct. America in fascist police. Think about that, because our police but are not bad. in imprisonments. <laughs> no, not in. No, we still got the worst prison system in the world. Yep. And that includes, like, yeah, the concentration and, and, camps of shit like China. Like, yeah. proportionally like, like to... Like the genocide camps? Yeah. Yes. Like, proportionally to to population, we have worse uh, prison systems and concentration camps than China. So... Yep. And they're ho- horrible. Now, they're fucking monsters. Now, the treatment of our prisoners in prison is better. Yeah. But... The sheer number of flesh in prisons per capita, not great. Yeah, per capita. Yeah, because I mean, you could go like, oh, well, America's one of the biggest countries in the world. No, nah, no, nah, I'm talking like, for you got a hundred people over there, and we got a thousand people over here. Well, for every one of your people, we've got like two hundred in in prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. I was I was talking Anyways. to to my family the other day and I said that um that like this is an obviously stupid idea but it's the only way that I think anything could ever change in America without just violent revolution. And it would be that um in the yards of every single congressperson or uh, elected official in general and every uh lobbyist and billionaire in America from January 1st until like like you you pick a thing the thing of the year. This is the thing we changed this year. Like, be it Medicare for all, or prison reform, or defunding the police, or whatever, right? Dumpsters burn in their yards from January 1st until things change. Every single moment of the year until something happens to make life better for the people of America, dumpsters burn in their yards. And then when we when we when we pass the thing, no more dumpster fires, no more. You, <laughs> until January first. Until January first. So you want to pass things as quickly as possible to limit the amount of dumpsters burning in your yard. <laughs> but okay, so here's here's the the only problem with this the the change I'll make, and then we're moving on. Um, you you have to have a redo the dumpster clause for if they do stupid shit like hey let's argue and not let the government continue to have funds like pass the fucking budgets yes like if if you don't pass it if if for any reason the government goes um bankrupt you know like they, they lose funding for an hour if for any reason at all the government loses funding dumpster fires in front and backyards for the rest of the year yes <laughs> like you, you even when you put it back in no dumpster fires for the rest of the year and also and whoever thing, whoever was leading the charge of of not passing the budget i don't know bust out a guillotine things would have been much <laughs> different if in 2014 we had just beheaded ted cruz oh you know and then then the, the other thing is that if you if you put forth stupid fucking legislation like uh for instance the don't say gay stuff uh immediate dumpster fires until you you put that back yeah um, um, until you like undo that yeah yeah 
And if you already still have the dumpster fires from the beginning of the year, then we just burn down your house. Yeah, I mean, the dumpster moves into your living room at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. And also, once again, we agreed. We ha- we made a compact. We're not talking about politics this early. <laughs> Sometimes it just hit thirteen so, minute mark. Sometimes it's just it's just on my mind, you know. <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Anyway, All what's right. your glowing well, weak hey, point, John? Oh, fuck. Um. Shit. We can knock it out real quick. It's okay. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I don't. Okay, I'll I've tell you mine, and then you, you can ahead. think of you can think of yours. Um, mine is mine is Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot. Um, he's the okay. only good part of Death on the Nile. That's not true. There are other good parts of Death on the Nile, but Kenneth Branagh is the best part. Gal Gadot is the worst part. Did they and also, change the? Uh... Oh no, he's the same same guy. As yeah, the last time, right? Yes. Now he's okay. not he's not Hercule Poirot from Agatha Christie's novels like like he's still he's a different character, but the yeah. the core of him is still the same and he does a really good job of it. Hercule Poirot, and and we just need to stop letting Gal Gadot like act in like, dramas. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, you're right. She does need to go back to where she was best, which was the um. Uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. I didn't know she was in that. I've never watched it. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I, I think sh- she's best with like the most spectacle you can put around her, like like as humanly possible. Just put a whole bunch of spectacle around her because she's a good Wonder Woman. Because like you can just have a whole bunch of cool shit happening around her and have her in the Wonder Woman costume, and it looks cool as shit. The Fast and the Furious franchise is the show I cried the most about last year. Okay. Yeah. I I watched the first eight. Yes, I believe the first eight movies. And, uh, man, it's beautiful. I thought eight was all that was out. No, I think there's there's technically the ninth one is the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, and then they actually released movie number nine last year. I don't think we include Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, Fast and Furious nine came out. I I think you do. You think you do? I think I think you do. Okay. Yeah. So did you think of a glowing uh, weak I, point? I I did, uh, and it's a simple one. Uh, I got my tax return back, and it was it was big. Oh, so that's good. Big, big, or just big? Getting my tax return. Um, uh, four figures big. Okay. Yeah. Basically, I didn't make money, and they taxed me, and then because of that, they gave it all back. I mean, they didn't give it all back, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. So, quick aside: Have you watched anything new this week? Uh, other than Death on the Nile, not really. Uh, oh, but, I mean, Peacemaker ended this week. Um, like, the first season of Peacemaker. And Peacemaker has been an amazing show every single episode. 
It's just an amazingly done show. James Gunn should be in charge of every single DC movie. (laughs) You know how uh, Kevin Feige is is in charge of the Marvel Universe? Yeah. Like, like make James Gunn in charge of the DC Universe. Um, Because he's amazing. That's funny, because James Gunn is also in the Marvel Universe. Yes, he is. But I'll be honest, uh, like, I enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but his stuff in the DC universe just looks better, because it doesn't have to follow the same, like, everything is green screen with Marvel, you know? And and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in in his movies for DC looks real. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this week I finished up an anime... And, and this will be a recurring bit because in uh, December of 2020, yeah, in December of 2020, I uh, stopped watching anime. Uh, <laughs> there, were, there were like three anime I was still watching, and then I just, I ran out of time in my day to watch it. And also, I got burned out a bit and just just shut down stopped watching any of that shit um and but i did like a month later go back and go like oh shit i should at least like write down where i was ish in there (laughs) (laughs) because they were all things that are continuing shows or that were just really good so it's like the um don machi uh the don machi part three I just I'm gonna keep watching it. God, that one really There's gonna drags. be a part four and more. But yeah, you're right. It does, and so I stopped. So like, I'm somewhere in there. It's like it's uh, like a it's like a two core season, I think, and it's all just like one fucking massive arc. It's exhausting. Yeah. Uh, then the other one was uh, Fire Force. Uh, the the second core second i guess is this chapter two or whatever right uh yeah somewhere in the second half of that i i just stopped but i'll probably watch fire force when it comes back again so i do need to get caught up on that again uh but the thing i got caught up with this week was tony kawa um over the moon for you yeah yeah super cute yeah it's pretty cute and and yeah, I I was just gonna leave it off and not you know regret that I'll I'll not see it, but then I f- found out that uh, there's going to be a chapter two of that, and it comes out sometime this year. Oh, is there supposedly? Yeah, maybe something will actually so- happen in that one. <laughs> Like I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy that show, um, but it's definitely one of those things where it becomes like this is just a couple of cute people doing cute things, and the the yeah. story drops away. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's not there for the story, right? But there is I like mean, a supernatural element thing going on with the uh, there is the girl, and the, that just doesn't immortal, show up, but. Yeah. For, like, most of the show. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's only referenced a couple of times, and I feel like unless you know what the story is, you probably won't have figured it out. You're probably just like, that's weird. Right. Like, like the way the show works is the first couple of episodes introduce her in a way where she's, like, super mysterious, and it, it's pretty clear that there's supernatural shit going on with her. And then the remaining however many episodes are slice-of-life bullshit. Yeah, and with, <laughs> with, like, a couple nods to it, where she's like, oh, yeah, they've changed this area. It'll like, be a, Oh, you've been here before? It'll be, like, a, an offhand joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still funny and good, but loses yeah. that tone. But yeah, super cute, super, super good show. I enjoyed it. Okay. Now we can move on. Yes. All right, so... It's it's the time where we talk about the games. We've talked about anime recently. We've talked about the news recently. It's time to get back to games. This is a game show. We would talk about video games. Yes. And you've played six, but you removed one of them. You've played five games that you're going to talk about this week. Honestly, I could remove another one, but I do want to give it like a a little nod because... Okay. Yeah. And I played one game this week, and I played a little bit of it because uh, mostly I was focusing on uh, mudding and sanding and mudding and sanding and... Uh, priming, and then I'm painting it later today. Uh, so, I played a tiny amount of Destiny, just getting ready for the new expansion, which, as of recording, uh, drops tomorrow. <laughs> okay, so when you when y'all hear this episode, it'll have been out one day, which is why John can't talk about it. Yes, it will have been out one day, and I will have already beaten it. <laughs> um, because uh, outside of I'm going to the gym tomorrow I'm, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning because it doesn't drop until like 1pm uh, and then the servers are going to be shit so I'm not going to actually be able to get into it until like 2 and then the servers are going to be shit and so I'll be able to play for like 30 minutes to an hour before everyone gets booted back to orbit because they're trying to restart the servers again uh, to get that to work. And then I'll be playing from then on. Okay. <laughs> I like how you know exactly how this is going to go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been there for three expansions now, and it's happened literally every time. And each time it happens, they they go, all right, we'll do better next time. And they buy a whole bunch more servers to get ready. But Destiny as a game is still growing in population, which is crazy at this point. Like, it's been out, Destiny 2 has been out for like five years now. And it's still growing in population by leaps and bounds. And so, like, they're going to buy a bunch more servers but it's going to be shit like it has been all the other times. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am giving up my my get time to talk about games this week because I'm going to use it too much next week. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at least take it away. Can, yeah, we can knock through mine pretty quickly then. Uh, okay. Let, uh, I'm going to save the two that I did the most of for last. So we're going to knock out the first three pretty quick. 
Okay. Uh, Homebound is a little indie game that I got in one of those bundles we got we got for Itch. Uh, you know the bundles. Yeah. It's in one of those. Um, is yeah. made during COVID. It's about a little girl who's stuck at home while her dad works remote. So, like, even though he's there, he can't spend time with her, play with her or anything. So, she has... Uh, you You play as her. You play a bunch of little mini-games um, while you wait for like, him to finish work. And then the two of them have, like, a nice little dinner together. And it's it's pretty cute. Mm. And it's, it's a good encapsulation of what a day in the life of a child during COVID, early COVID, would have looked like. Uh, pretty good job. Makers so I'm of assuming homebound. this isn't Homebound the 2D platformer. No. And I'm assuming this isn't Homebound the VR space experience. No. The, <laughs> okay. This is Homebound the uh, game where you play... It's WarioWare for kids. Like the the mini games are all very short and they're on like a, a quick timer, and you either beat them okay. and you move on, or you fail them and you do them again. By by Troy Atkinson, it looks like. Okay. Yeah, sure. There are a lot of games named Homebound. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> There's also a really good movie called Homeward Bound. I fucking love that movie. Nah. nah. Moon Glow Moon Bay is a. Uh, kind of like a stardew valley like kind of game but it's all fishing oh it's entirely fishing i didn't play much of it but i will play more of it in the future because i love fishing in games and this is a game that is just fishing you play as an older person who has moved to like a, a seaside town in canada and uh, the, the town is dying because it's like a fishing town, but everyone is scared of the monster fish out in the, the bay. So nobody goes mm-hmm. fishing anymore. <laughs> um, but you move there with your partner, and your partner, uh, l- like the day after the, the prologue to the game happens, where the two of you are on a boat, your partner disappears. Yeah. And then... <gasps> Yeah, three years pass, and you get a letter say like like saying, "Okay, well, we consider this person dead now." Um, uh, right then, your daughter moves back to town, and and uh, or not back to town. Your daughter moves to town and gets you out of your funk, and you start fishing again, and you start build building up the town from its its like dying state. This is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. And I'll have to put this on Kristen's wish list. Uh, would she like it? <laughs> uh, she loves fishing in every game. Yeah, th- th- so. if you love fishing, this would be the game. And okay. Lego yeah. Star Wars Original Trilogy, I played this on PS2, is a pretty good game. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it is. I, I really enjoy... It's, it's the-, the best of the Lego games. Well, um, so... I liked it so much that it reminded me that the complete saga exists on DS, and so I stopped playing Ooh. original trilogy and I bought the complete saga for DS for like eight bucks. <laughs> you're right, you're right. The the complete saga, the the Lego Star Wars, the the original Lego Star Wars games are the best Lego games. Uh, so the the Lego Star Wars original trilogy, the Lego Star Wars prequel 
and the complete collection, which is just the two of them combined. Well, and it makes um, um it makes the original video game, uh, which covers the prequels, it makes them better. I don't know. No, it it fit. I, I, it, it fixes a lot of shit, especially with, like, the pod racing stage. Oh, it might make things easier. You're right. Yeah. Because those... Oh, gosh. Those vehicle stages yeah. in the prequel game are <laughs> Real <awful>. bad. They're <laughs> so bad to play. They're so fucking hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the complete yeah. saga uh, makes but, it better. So, mm-hmm. I won't have LEGO Star Wars original trilogy on here again, probably. But expect to see complete saga show up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If if for those out there wanting to play Lego games, and, and especially the the newer style like Lego Star Wars, uh, there's really only four good ones. Uh, there's the Lego Star Wars original trilogy, Lego Star Wars prequel trilogy, and the complete collection. Which, if you're gonna play Lego Star Wars, just get the complete collection. And then there's the Lego Indiana Jones, which I was about uses to say. the same engine, and it's based on the same shit. Uh, Lego Indiana Jones is is j- just as good, but not as good because it's Indiana Jones, and Star Wars is kind of better. Yeah, I'm, I, um, I enjoy Indiana Jones a lot, even with all of its yeah. problematic elements these days. Indiana Jones is still cool. Yeah, I mean, absolutely he is. Uh, but yeah, if you want to play a Lego game, those are the only ones you want. Uh, after that, they started going into stupid shit. Like, I love the Lord of the Rings, but the Lego The Lord of the Rings was one of their first steps towards being bad. Uh, well, actually, I guess Lego Batman, and there's like six Lego Batman games at this point, and they're all the same and they're all bad damn so. <laughs> and then don't go for any lego star wars that's that's not the complete collection or, or before the do force not awakens. touch the force awakens utter trash it is one of the worst games i've played not Bloated just game. mess. that's one of it is horrible <laughs> i mean the movie wasn't even that good <laughs> I still like The Force Awakens. I think it was a decent introduction to what could have been a good trilogy, but ended up just being a pretty good duo, duology. Yeah. The third yeah. there is no third movie in that trilogy. Yeah. The the first the first movie was uninspired. The second movie was inspired but very different, and then the third movie wrecked everything. The Last Jedi is fucking awesome though. I love The Last Jedi. Oh yeah. As a standalone movie, The Last Jedi is a fantastic movie. It just doesn't do a whole lot with the cues that were set up in the first one, and then everything that it does do is reset by the third. Yeah. Bummer. Like, I, I, I fully, I 100% agree. Like, as a Star Wars movie, not a super huge fan of The Last Jedi, but as a fan of cinema, The Last Jedi is a brilliant movie. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's just a really good director, because then he he, he went directly to Knives Out, which is easily my favorite movie of the past like oh yeah like decade. Oh, <laughs> great movie with an amazing looking sweater in it. Yes, Chris Evans in that sweater. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, 
I I follow because uh, my wife is a a knitter and crocheter and she works in textiles. I also work in textiles. I, I do all her duplicate stitching and stuff for for the knitting. So while I don't personally knit, though I have in the past, I do finish up a lot of her things um, for her. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when when knives out came out, uh, just everything and every one of those uh like reddit threads and stuff was just talking about that sweater for months it's a good sweater and it looks good it's on a good him. sweater uh-huh well i mean chris evans will look good on in anything and in nothing move on <laughs> uh okay pokemon legends arceus i finally beat the main i finally beat the main story of this game which means that i have caught Palkia and Dialga. Okay. Yeah. And now I'm at the I'm at the stage of the game where before I can like beat the post game, I have to catch every Pokemon. I have to at least <laughs> have it registered in the Pokédex and have had one in my box. Um which means that's going to take a bit because some of them are harder to find. Like I didn't find Munchlax in the game until uh like the end of the game. He's in the starting area. He's he's just he spawns so rarely. I just never ran oh. into him. <laughs> and then wow. it was, and then I was going through like the 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 areas again to to see the uh the boring ass legendary trio in that gen. Uh mm-hmm. and I just happened to run across a Munchlax and I was like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> and you you can't breed for them with Snorlax either because breeding doesn't s- exist in the game. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Bre- they they got rid of breeding because it, the game wants it to be all about catching. Mm-hmm. So I've put that on the back burner. I'll go back to it, and I, I will do all of this. But it's definitely like lower on my priority list than other things now. But having beaten okay. the main story of the game, fucking awesome. Best Pokemon game probably ever. Excellent. Yes. Like, I can imagine people who don't even like Pokemon that much getting into this Pokemon game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then... As so you're, you're, you're saying that you think I would like it, I, even though you know that you're not going to say that because you know I will never pick up this game. Yes, I know that. But uh, but <laughs> if, if you were if you like went to a friend's house and you just like threw it on because they had it, I think you would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then as soon as I I beat that game, I was like, I'm at home all the time right now, which means I have time on my hands, which means I can address another hundred hour RPG that I haven't gotten around to in years. <sighs> And so now I'm 30 hours already into Xenoblade Chronicles, and it's it's great. Okay. Uh, z- the I, I'm playing the defi- the definitive edition, which I think we talked about recently, is the uh, yeah. the better version of the game. Uh, it, Correct. It it just does a lot of like small quality of life changes from the original version of the game, like like. It'll tell you when you're in the proper position to use certain attacks. So, like, if your back attack is going to work, like, like you're in the proper place behind the enemy, it'll have a little exclamation point. 
if you move to the side mm. and you want to use slit edge to do the uh, physical defense down thing, it'll tell it'll give you a little exclamation point saying, "Hey, you can do this." Or nice. Yeah, if you've used break and now you can topple the the enemy, it'll put a little exclamation point being like, "Hey, use the skill." It's it's really good. Um and when you're when you're doing quests looking for uh it's a lot of exclamation points they just added exclamation <laughs> points and it just helps the game so much because like now when you're doing quests and you have to collect the little item orbs scattered around the world right it'll yeah. t- it'll put a little exclamation point on the map being like hey over here there's an item orb with the thing you're looking for in it and it's great okay yeah uh, I, I've gotten almost all of the playable characters, which means I'm just about at the point where I fell off the last time I started playing this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm playing with Melia a lot since I got her, and she's she's just a really good character to play as. Like prior to Melia, the main character you're going to be playing as is Shulk because he has the Monado and it does so much like shit that is just necessary for that portion of the game but when you get melia and ricky there's like no mech on around for like two areas there are just not any mech on which is what you really need the monado for so you can just take shulk out of the party completely for like two whole areas and play as somebody else and melia is a really good option for that because her skills revolve around her constantly summoning like elemental spirits and then discharging them in order to deal damage but so you'll summon like a a wind spirit right and then it'll buff the entire party while it's out with an agility up and then when you discharge it the agility up goes away but it does a shit ton of damage and it's usually in like an area of effect melia's big on area of effects and Okay. Yeah, so you'll be like throwing a fire tornado at them or shooting them with electricity and it's it's just really good. And I don't know. I never played with Melia that much before, but she might be my favorite character to play as now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you played a lot of fun games. Yes. Awesome. I like being home and having time to play games. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's nice. Oh you God! To remember to you know get all the other shit done. Well, it's game facts. That... <laughs> game facts. It's the facts about the games, and, and in this case, some other things as well. And yeah, I scrolled down and I saw how many facts there are, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh-huh. This, this is one of my favorite ones. I've had this on my list since maybe episode 13 or 14. Um, oh, it's, really? It's been a long time coming. It's been it's been something I've been growing with and, and learning more about and getting even more excited with. So, here we go. This game is The Aquatic Games. The Aquatic Games, starring James Pond and the Aquabats, not of Travis Barker fame. Alternatively, the Super Aquatic Games, starring the Aquabats on the SNES, 
1992 sports game developed by Steve Back at Vector Dean Limited and published by Millennium Interactive Limited for the SNES, Sega Genesis, and Amiga. Ooh, we got an Amiga game in here today. Yeah. <laughs> not often we see an Amiga game. No, and not often we see an Amiga game contemporary with SNES and Sega Genesis. Yeah. It's like, here's an Amiga game and also Commodore 64 and Atari, like, a bunch, right. of, bunch of other garbage like consoles. Computers. Yes, I called the old consoles garbage. Yeah. Like, not even consoles, they're computers. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. In the aquatic game starring James Pond and the Aquabats, henceforth just the aquatic games, you play as the eponymous James Pond through several water-themed Olympic games, including the 100-meter splash and the electric eel hurdles. Uh, something tells me these aren't actual Olympic games. Correct. <laughs> well, I mean, the 100-meter dash is, and this is just, you know. Right. They're all puns, like all uh, James Bond rip-off uh, character things. And also, you should have shortened this to uh, to the Aquabats so that we could just constantly be confused about whether we're talking about the ska band or not. No, it's it's the aquatic games. <laughs> Largely speaking, the game is a parody ripoff of the popular hypersports or track and field games of the time, but spun off from the mainline James Pond series universe. There's a James Pond universe. Absolutely. And honestly, there was a, a recent push to get the JPCU back in because, uh, you know, there, there was a 2019 attempt to, to bring back the game, but the, the Kickstarter was canceled because, you know, it's James Pond. I like how you say <laughs> CU for a fucking video game franchise. For Yeah, I, I guess it's JPGU. It doesn't have the same the range James to it. The James Pond game gaming universe yeah no i feel like you still use c even if it's not cinematic because <laughs> everyone everyone understands what you're talking about then even if it's wrong right the first james pond game was james pond underwater agent in which you fight back against the nefarious dr maybe and his ruthless acme oil mega corporation whilst seducing numerous mermaids Mm -hmm. This is just a frog version of Austin Powers. Uh, no, he's a he's a shark looking thing. Also, oh. um, the 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 mer it, this is such a uh, direct rip because the the mermaids like some of them are on his side, but some of them are double agents working for Acme. Like it's it's just exactly like James Bond. <laughs> I'm sorry, you said he was a shark, though? But his name is yeah. James Pond. Yes. What sharks do you know that live in ponds? That's why I thought he would be like a frog, is because that's what I associate with a pond. Beaver sharks. Actually, he's a mudskipper. A mudskipper. He is an intelligent, mutated, anthropomorphic mudskipper. What the fuck? <laughs> So this is also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also, I, I need to mention that he's actually employed by the British Secret Service. 
Wait. Canonically, he is employed by the British Secret Service. You might say he's in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Correct. Yeah. This is followed by James Pond 2, codename Robocod. James Pond 3, Operation Starfish. Oh, James Gunn stole that. And after some cameos (laughs) in other games, James Pond returned in James Pond in the Deathly Shallows in 2011. J.K. Rowling oh. stole that fucking turf. Yeah, she did. <laughs> turf. At this point, writing this, I I'm thinking, or Archimedes was thinking, uh, man, this is sure a lot of repeating the words James Pond over and over and over again. It really is. It's just constantly James Pond, James Pond. I'm sorry, codename Robocod. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> uh, having not played the game, I would assume it would be a uh, RoboCop reference. Oh, I see. Yes. The code uh, name threw me. Yeah. He he has body armor now. Um. But yeah, I saw Operation Starfish, and I was just like, Project Starfish. Is Starro in in James Pond 3? Imagine. Imagine, though. (laughs) (laughs) The big colorful title screen, James Pond versus Starro. (laughs) So apparently the codename Robocod um, title music is a marimba rendition of the Robocop film theme. Marimba? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, marimbas. Marimbas are typically used to denote having to do with the water. Okay. <laughs> Vector Dean Limited pretty much exclusively made James Pond games and died in 1993 with the release of Operation Starfish. And the publisher Millennium Interactive Limited mostly just developed AI and published the odd tiny game, like the 3D Frogger for Windows 95 or well, this. Until it was bought by Sony and everything got rolled into Gorilla Cambridge. Medieval, Little Big Planet, Rigs. And it's impossible to see what they did now. I dug so hard trying to find anything else I mean, uh, Millennium Interactive published, but it's just. If you click on any link that says Millennium Interactive, it just takes you to Gorilla Cambridge. I mean, obviously, Gorilla <laughs> makes Horizon now. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> they went from medieval to kill zone. <laughs> no. Ugh. They shouldn't be allowed to have the same name, though. That's confusing. Especially yeah. since I think Gorilla is also like a first party Sony thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. They, they even. Oh, let me let me look something up. Uh, Gorilla Cambridge. They've got it's it's just a an off branch of it because they use the exact same logo. Oh, so it is Gorilla. Yeah, this is it, the it, Horizon it, Forbidden West people. <laughs> well, tech technically no, it's it's the same studio. Well, I guess it's the same high level studio, but 
like Gorilla is the name of the studio, and Gorilla Cambridge is the offshoot. I see. It's the 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 Cambridge uh, version of it. Unlike the studios and publishers, the actual devs have some real history to them. For instance, the composer Richard Joseph went on to score 68 other games. Of those, uh, Lego Loco is somewhat well-known, and he did help score the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, but the rest are fluff. Oh, he only helped score Oblivion. (laughs) The game that put Bethesda on the map, but okay. Every single one of the other games, nobody's ever heard of. Really? <laughs> they're they're just they're nothing. Better, uh, better example. They're they're uh, okay. <laughs> tell me, John. Tell me, John. You really want to tell me? Have you have you heard of uh, Moonshine Racers or? Oh yeah, that's Barbarian my favorite game. Two- the Dungeon of Drax, which has a nearly naked lady on the cover. Oh, Drax is my favorite Guardian of the Galaxy. Or Cauldron 2, The Pumpkin Strikes Back. He's not. Gamora is my favorite. Or <laughs> or Time Tracks. I have a poster of we're, Gamora we're... on my wall. It's fucking badass. She's got like a cape flowing in the space wind. I don't know. What about Sensible Soccer 2006? <laughs> <laughs> I can't ignore you any longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he made the Street Racer video game, but it's it's not the Street Racer, the movie video game. It's a shitty Ubisoft Street Racer video game that looks like dog shit. Oh, uh, well, uh, these days everything Ubisoft is dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. Better example, the developer Steve Beck who developed games for nearly 30 years. Having become a Nottingham miner in 1967 at age 15, he worked for 16 years before losing part of a finger in a mining accident. Taking the payouts from that, he bought a computer, taught himself how to code, and started publishing games. That's cool as shit. Yes. I mean, you know, child labor's not cool. No. Uh, but the fact that he had not really interacted with the computer before his accident, he lost a part of his finger, he got the settlement from that, bought a computer, taught himself how to code, and that year started publishing games. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Insanity. It is amazing. One of the first things Steve made was the Cuthbert series of games, all blatant ripoffs of classics of the time. Defender, Space Panic, Frogger, etc. Ending with Cuthbert in the Jungle, an almost one-for-one of Pitfall that Activision took offense at. Eventually, he settled down at Eurocom making Dead Space games and Disney movie tie-ins before sadly passing away in 2019 of diabetes complications. And thus passed one of the greatest early British programmers. He made Dead Space? Uh, uh, he made Dead Space Insurrection or one of the... Oh, a spinoff? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the, the real Dead Space games, but... Oh. Extraction. Dead Space Extraction. Does that one have a number? Or is it just... 
No. Okay. If I, Wombat, haven't already pointed it out, the side characters in the Aquatic Games share their name with one of the more popular ska bands out there. The Aquabats! This game technically has no connection with them. It was released a couple of years prior, and to my knowledge, none of them played it. But we're still going to talk about a bit about the band. Of course you are. You fucking love ska. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm noticing Travis Barker's name nowhere in here. Come on. Why should I mention uh, the drummer for 96 to 98? Because he was the drummer for the second album, and he went on to be the drummer for Blink-182. Come on! Yeah, who cares about Blink-182? And now he's married to a Kardashian, and he's fucking, like... (laughs) Gross. And he's everywhere now. Fucking everybody works with Travis Barker now. Gross. The Aquabats are an American rock, ska, new wave, pop, punk band based out of Aquabania, composed entirely of costume-wearing, crime-fighting superheroes. Uh, uh, Also, Travis Barker was not in the Aquabats. You're thinking of the Baron Von Tito. Yeah, (laughs) which nobody knows how he got that name. No one remembers this, why they call him that. I imagine it has his name. I imagine it has something to do with vodka, though. <laughs> that, like that's that's well, my head cannon. <laughs> of course you would. You know, living in Texas, you is Texas known for vodka? I don't feel like that's a stereotype I've ever heard. <laughs> Tito, Tito's comes from Texas. Oh, does it? I don't use Tito's. Yeah, I use a you, smeared you, off. You are, like, half an hour away from the actual distillery. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) Yeah, you you currently live half an hour away or so from the actual distillery that makes Tito's. But, you know, Uh, whatever. (laughs) uh, For for a Travis Barker joke I made a, a, a couple episodes ago, I actually did some of my own research into the Aquabats for no reason at all. Uh... Okay. Their costume-wearing crime-fighting superheroes only because they wanted to do a gimmick for a while where every single show they played, they showed up in a new costume. And then it got to the point where they were carrying around, like, more weight in costumes than they were in instruments. (laughs) And so they decided to pick just one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were showing up to to shows all dressed as chefs. And it's like, what's the joke here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. See, you can get away with doing that for, like, an album cycle. Pick an outfit. Like a... My Chemical Romance does that, and before them, like, Dexie's Midnight Runners would do that. Where, like, like they would all dress as, like, minors or something for an entire album cycle, mm-hmm. and that would be the thing. Or, or Yeah. But but every show is just too much. Like, what are you doing? Correct. Especially yeah, when you're a, an underground ska band. Where's the money coming from? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can't call them that anymore. No, they're pretty well known. Yeah. <laughs> Led by yeah. their fearless leader, the MC Bat Commander, the Aquabats have released six albums, two EPs, a soundtrack album, and starred in their very own Emmy Award-winning TV show. Mm-hmm. How long did the TV show last, and was it any good? 
uh, ran for three seasons. Uh, it got eight uh, Emmy nominations. Doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> but, like, like if I had the time, I could run through the Emmys just for this year and show you shows that nobody's ever heard of in their life. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't have cable TV, so I wouldn't have heard of pretty much any of them. I think they allow some streaming services now. It depends on how the streaming service uh, operates. Like, like I don't okay. think Netflix is allowed to because they release everything all at once. But stuff like HBO and Hulu would, I think, be allowed on in the Emmys. Mm. Yeah. Perhaps one of their more prodigious years was 1998, the year after Travis Barker left. We're just after releasing several albums and featuring in Ska Parade, a SoCal radio show to promote new Ska artists a number of times. They then went on to be a part of the most important thing to happen in 1998 since that time in 1998 when The Undertaker threw mankind off hell in a cell and plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table just one month earlier. Mm-hmm. I like how you didn't even get to the most important thing that happened because you just went off on a tangent about The Undertaker. I mean, you should... If, if you're talking about 1998... You should always mention that time when The Undertaker threw Mankind off Hell in a Cell, plummeting 16 feet through an announcer's table. Was Mankind okay? I mean, he got up and uh, he threw him off again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, The Undertaker, uh, the Mankind uh, got put on a stretcher. They were carrying him out, and he got off the stretcher, climbed back up on top of Hell in a Cell, and The Undertaker threw him through the roof of Hell in a Cell into the arena and then jumped down and continued wrestling him. Uh, The Undertaker did go on to win, so just want to mention that. Well, I mean, he was The Undertaker. Come on. The Undertaker. No one takes The Undertaker. That's right. Yeah. In late July 1998, the heavy metal band Guar invaded the Ska Parade studio to take over the world, and the Aquabats defended the studio, the world, and their honor with the power of Ska. Ridiculous. And that was just the facts. <laughs> Are you familiar with Guar? Uh, I've heard of them. I've never been interested to listen to their music. I will say, uh, for for the Aquabats joke I made two episodes ago, I listened to most of the Aquabats' first album, then did a little more research and realized Travis Barker didn't play on that album, and so I listened to half of their second album. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah? Yeah. And it was okay. Yeah. I mean... I don't okay. I don't like ska that much, but it was pretty good. Listen, yeah. my ska you, you, goes as far as Real Big Fish and th- that's about it. <laughs> I mean, Real Big Fish is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was just the facts and now we can move on. Unless you want to do a mid-roll. We never do a mid-roll anymore. We did it once and then you were like, yeah. <laughs> Well, some somebody hasn't gone out there and gotten us um, uh, ads. I we need to get us advertisements. I just don't know how to do that. Listen, we have like 
Let, let, let me go to my RSS. You know, we, we have maybe seven people who listen ever anymore. <laughs> Although somebody just retweeted uh. the thing. Maybe we got nope. There are nobody too, so we got nobody. Uh, Rude. Last week's episode, four views, four downloads. Okay. Uh, season two, episode two, six downloads. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know who would advertise on us. Mm. It's a bummer. Yep. Yep. So uh, the mid roll was supposed to be before game facts, so you know we're not going to do it now. Oh well. Yeah. So the topic that you've chosen for this week is what makes a great sequel? Yeah. That's a question for you, John. What what makes a great sequel? Okay. Ooh. See, this is a question I have asked many times and and also the further question of what is the best sequel? And I I feel like the SNES might be the greatest sequel of all time. Oh, are we talking about consoles? No, no, I'm talking about sequels. Uh, I I feel like I feel like The Empire Strikes Back is is a pretty good sequel, but I feel like the SNES just goes above and beyond at being a sequel. I'm so confused about what you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, a sequel, the term sequel is not specific to any particular thing. Um so oh you're doing one of your jackass fucking semantic things right now (laughs) a sequel sequel can refer to a book there's there's lots of of good book sequels out there it could refer to a movie like the empire strikes back is a great sequel uh i mean a lot of people consider it wrongly to be the best uh star wars movie of all time and you know, it's really good. It's a very good sequel. But it's not Return of the Jedi. Um, Come on, people! <laughs> Which isn't a sequel. I, I think we have to, to be be clear here. I, I, think, I think a sequel is really only the second. You think? You, you have a thing, and then you have a sequel, and then after that you just have the next in the series. Okay, so the best... I... I, 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 I I don't think you can you can keep saying like you can't say that uh pokemon arceus is is a good sequel to pokemon yellow it's not no no they're in two completely different genres of game anyway yeah but you also can't say that like pokemon emerald is a great sequel to pokemon yellow and i don't think you could say pokemon emerald is a good sequel to pokemon sapphire which technically came out before like it, you, you can't say it's it's you're just talking about a series at that point so the best uh, star think, wars sequel would be the last jedi is what you're saying Ooh, you're you're right i think I, fuck that's gross <laughs> but yeah i think you're right i because uh, if it's not empire strikes back then it, it's, it's either attack of the clones which no here, or it's the last I, jedi I will give, <laughs> I will give you an argument. Yeah, it's definitely not Attack of the Clones. I could, you could make an argument that uh, the prequel series, the prequel trilogy, makes a good sequel to the original trilogy. It does actually, because that, 
it, at that point, you are taking like a, a broader thing and and making. I think that the Game Boy is a great sequel to Nintendo consoles. Fantastic sequel. Uh, so because because if we're talking about consoles, can, then the best sequel console is going to be the PlayStation Two. Uh, I don't know, because, like, think about this. The NES basically reignited gaming. It did. I mean... It was dead for a couple years. And... and, Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) With good reason. Thanks a lot, E.T. And a lot of other games. E.T. gets a bad rap for destroying the uh, industry. When it was really just the last thing to to hit the market yeah. that it, it was it was the straw that broke the camel's back but it it doesn't deserve the sheer amount of hate that it gets for destroying the industry it does deserve the sheer amount of hate for being one of the worst games made of all time oh yeah but <laughs> but you can't say that it it by itself destroyed the gaming industry um but like the nes revitalized an entire industry and it it did so many cool things like you, you there was the nes blaster there was the the power pad that you could jump on there was the power glove which was so bad it's so um, bad <laughs> uh but like and and it introduced us to so many good games like kirby and um mario and it made tetris popular again and like it did so many good things for gaming and then the snes came out i mean incidentally the nes kirby games are the worst kirby games oh absolutely (laughs) well the worst kirby game is the technical first one which is on the game boy the the first Kirby game to come out was on the game boy and it does not feel like a kirby game no it's shit. You you can't have powers. You like the jumping's weird. The yeah, it's awful game. But then the SNES came out and it did everything the NES did, but like twenty times better. And it had good games finally. And it had good games. So you you took something that was amazing, top of its class, and then you made it like ten or twenty times better. And, you know, for as much talk as you want to about Sega does what Nintendo don't, the SNES was the better console. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. If we do the same thing with the PlayStation, the PlayStation 1 was really good, and it had a lot of really good games, especially once they uh, actually put joysticks on the controllers and you could, you know, control things better. And then the PS2 came out, and it's is it still one of the best-selling consoles of all time? Yes. Yeah, like the best-selling console of all time? Yes. <laughs> so, like, clearly, it did a lot of things right, but I don't know how much more it improved over the PlayStation. So let me make my argument. So the, okay. the PlayStation comes out, and it is the future of video games. Like we are moving from yeah. we are moving from 2D to 3D. Very few games like like you have to go indie now to see a 2D game anymore. Like the future of the mm-hmm. gaming industry was and still is 3D. Yeah. But it was shit on the PlayStation. It was fu- fucking yes. PlayStation games look like fucking garbage. And I don't know, Spyro's pretty good. And 
it's also the moment where we move from cartridges, which are are good for like loading times and shit, but are bad for uh, you know, holding games, storage and cost, <laughs> to discs, which are still what we use today. Like they're different discs yeah. made differently, but there's this the core concept is still there. The PlayStation Two <laughs> takes all of that and says, okay. But what if we made the discs good? What if we made graphics that don't look like fucking dog shit? And I mean, they do, but but that's just <laughs> current looking at it. <laughs> well, early early PlayStation Two games still look kind of wonky, but once you get towards the latter end of the console, like the those could be PS Three games, a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the console itself is capable of so much more than what the early stuff would lead you to believe. Yeah, and it introduces all of these new people to video games. Like that's where that's where I think it it has its value is like the PlayStation Two era, like the early two thousands, was the introduction to the wider population to video games. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it's possible without the innovations that the PlayStation Two made. Yeah, you got a lot of points there. There's there's a lot of good points there. Um, I'm I'm still here's here's the thing that you haven't even mentioned that's that's pushing me a little bit more towards the PS2, even though I'm really still thinking of the SNES, <laughs> uh, which is which is that the PS2 is also a DVD player. It is. It's the first one that you can have in your home, and this does multiple things for you which is what consoles become eventually before then you had a vhs player and a dvd player and a and and your video game Uh, console and in your betamax player and and your and your stereo (laughs) and your playstation 2 is all of those Uh uh-huh it can play cds it can play movies it can play games um so yeah that's that's really the thing that's pushing me towards that. Um, I'm still torn between the two of them. I, I don't I don't know that I could make that decision. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll leave that as an exercise for the viewers. You can tweet at Wombat because I won't see it really. Um, which which of the two is better? At Video Game um, Wombat on Twitter. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, what makes a great sequel? I I think it's it's when you take what's already happened and you improve entirely upon it uh, i don't think you can do too much different because like i feel like if you're making a sequel and you just do a 180 and go a different direction then like well technically maybe story-wise it's a sequel it, it's a jrpg I, I is not a sequel to a platformer yeah yeah and and that's let to go back a little bit. That's one argument I would make potentially against uh, the Last Jedi being the best Star Wars trilogy sequel, because the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi are very different. And and the Force Awakens sets things up, and the Last Jedi just basically goes ninety degrees with that. I think that as a movie. The Last Jedi is one of the best ones. 
but I don't know that it's a great sequel. Um, I, I feel like The Empire Strikes Back, in in that case, like actually takes the things set up in in um, Star Wars: A New Hope, and and takes it further and, and goes further with it and and does cool things besides but also like it, it keeps the core in there whereas the last jedi sort of tangents off um so like I, I think to be a great sequel you need to follow in the footsteps but you still need to to innovate and you still need to um to just be better in every way i feel like if the the sequel if the first game is better, it's a bad sequel. Yeah, so when I wrote this down, the game I was thinking of, because I'm me, is yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Uh, mm. The first Kingdom Hearts cool. is a pretty good action RPG. It's a, it's a little clunky. Uh, there's not much to the story there. Uh, but it, it does a good job of like blending the elements of Final Fantasy and Disney, which is what it's trying to do right yeah kingdom hearts 2 takes that clunky battle system and streams streamlines it into like a combo system where, where you have like ground combos and air combos and it takes the story and it expands on it you don't visit each world for like an hour maybe you go to each world twice and each time you're there it's like this whole sprawling thing and like <clears throat> It, uh, it 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 makes it feel it makes the story feel bigger than the first one and it makes the gameplay feel better than the first one without ever really changing what the first one was okay that sounds like a good sequel yeah that yeah uh, I'd, I'd say that's a that's a good sequel do you have anything like that John any anything that sticks out in your mind as like a a particularly good sequel? Uh, hmm. I mean, right now the only thing I can think of is Destiny because uh, obviously uh, it's the only thing in my mind right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it wasn't offline right now for the update, I'd probably be playing it while um, you're recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the 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 thing I'd say about Destiny though is that it tried to be a good sequel, uh, but then it failed because it listened to what the fans wanted, which is always a mistake. <laughs> Don't listen to fans. <laughs> fans aren't game developers. <laughs> uh, they the fans said, "Hey, we want slower combat. We want uh." like more weapon based things and and less just debilitating attacks and stuff so when they made destiny 2 they made it so that you're supercharged slower and you're um you weren't allowed to have uh special weapons you you had two primary weapons and then a power weapon uh so nothing in between they made it less fun yeah, <laughs> they did. They did exactly what the fans demanded, um, and it was a trash game, and it lost a whole lot of viewers. Um, at this point, it's a vastly superior game to Destiny One. Um, man, Destiny Two right now is a great game compared to Destiny Two. 
but I mean, but you can say um, that about some games, like uh, when Final Fantasy fourteen launched. It was oh yeah yeah Final Fantasy fourteen is a way better game than Final Fantasy fourteen uh-huh. <laughs> like like it, <laughs> its launch was such an infamous disaster that it almost bankrupted Square Enix and today it's the game that pays for Square Enix's bills yeah <laughs> uh, flip side of that uh, everyone says that Borderlands two is one of the best games of all time. A great sequel to Borderlands. But at this point, Borderlands 2 is a significantly worse game than Borderlands 2. Because <laughs> the developers could not keep their hands off of it. This is one of the downsides um, of having like, like, like the ability to patch games and shit. Is that games yeah. can get better or worse from when they're launched. And it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so old reviews <laughs> def- of games that'll still show that. up when you like Google the game will be for versions of the game that no longer exist. And it's like, if this is the PS2 era, you'd just be making a new game. Yeah. That one fuck. That one. That one was fucked. It's time to make something different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Portal Two is an amazing sequel. It took everything that Portal One did and kept it (laughs) it said portal one did this right let's keep it and then let's innovate and add like different types of goo that you can use and let's make you know these other like laser sort of things that you can interact with or or the balls or i don't remember what's in play uh portal one because i you don't need to play it anymore because portal two exists portal two is a fantastic sequel in Portal 1's still a great game. And Portal 2 took everything that it did and did it better. Uh, going back to um, Final Fantasy, you know, you have Final Fantasy, the, the NES game, right? And mm-hmm. it introduces the world to JRPGs and turn-based combat and shit, and for its time, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. And then Final Fantasy 2 comes out, and it's the worst sequel that's ever been made to a video game because it takes everything good yeah. about the first Final Fantasy, like the the straightforward leveling system in particular. It takes that and says, mm-hmm. but what if you had to take damage to raise your HP and defense? Mm-hmm. And what if you had to yeah. what if you had to hit the enemy in order to raise your strength? Yep. <laughs> and it's horrible. Yep. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> Uh, worst video game sequel well, of all time. Absolute. Here, I can give you. I can give you two more. Uh, Half Life Two, fantastic sequel. Okay. It's it's such a good sequel. Uh, Half Life Two Episode Two, fantastic sequel to Episode <laughs> One. <laughs> I mean, like, here's the thing: is nobody talks about Half Life anymore. Every no. everything I mean, is Half Life Two. Half-Life 1 might as well not exist. isn't a bad game. It's not a bad game. It's just Half-Life 2 was so good. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, and I'm talking about the original one. Not the shitty PS4 ones. Yeah. Yeah. The the classic Star Wars Battlefront 2 took everything Battlefront 1 did and made it way better. Mm -hmm. And added in new modes that were super fucking cool as well. Um... 
uh, Battle for Middle Earth, which is a game you probably don't know about, but it was a fantastic game. And then Battle for Middle Earth 2 took everything that it did and was like, you know what? Some of this stuff is bad, and we're going to get rid of it. But some of this other stuff is pretty good. And we're just going to dump a lot of shit into that and make it even better. <laughs> uh, Shadow of War, awful sequel to Shadow of Mordor. Because Shadow of Mordor, it, it has the nemesis system, right? And it's super cool. And every time you mm-hmm. get killed by an enemy, they get stronger and shit. And Shadow of War is like, but what if we tied, the, tied that to loot boxes? What if you got your cool nemesis enemies out of boxes? <laughs> it's a miserable game. Both of those are miserable games to play. But at least, at least Shadow oh. of Mordor is miserable in the way that it's intended to be. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not supposed it's it. not supposed to be like like a a power fantasy kind of game. It's supposed to be a game that's constantly kicking your ass. Yeah. Shadow of War is just like tedious to play. Fucking miserable game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we've gotten what what makes a good a good sequel. Mhm. I think we sh- we can come back and do this. I think we could um, just to, a couple times just to keep talking about like uh, great and shitty sequels to things. Yeah, <laughs> I I I I want to figure out ideally what is the greatest sequel of all time. In in what period? Well, I don't think you can compare, like, like you brought consoles into the, I, I don't think you can compare a console to a movie. That's just not a... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, well, I, it's, and it's not even that, like, I think the Super Nintendo is better than uh, The Empire Strikes Back. It's as a sequel. The SNES improved upon and innovated so much on the NES versus the empire strikes back improving upon and innovating off of a new hope i think that the 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 snes just really as a sequel not even as as a console but as a sequel is fantastic i i think that um uh using bread mold to cure things is better is a good sequel to letting them just fucking die in the streets but I think that might be a stitch, uh, uh, push too far. You know, I'm I'm just thinking about Empire Strikes Back now, and like like it really does build on the world of Star Wars so much more than A New Hope does, because it does. When you think about the locations of A New Hope, you know, you have Tatooine, you have a Star yeah. Destroyer, you have the Millennium Falcon, and you have the Death Star, and that that's yeah. like it. So most of these things are just ships in space, which is cool. The aesthetic of those ships is like it sticks in your head. But when you see it, you mm-hmm. know that's a Star Wars ship, you know? Mm-hmm. But Empire Strikes Back takes you to Hoth and Cloud City and Dagobah and and the the inside of a worm on an asteroid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> asteroid field itself like super cool and um yeah 
Like, just... It, it introduced you... Like, if you talk about creatures from... Like, the first one, you see a bunch of aliens in, in Moss Eisley Cantina. But aside from that, it's mostly just dudes. Like, Tusken Raiders are just <laughs> dudes in masks. Yeah. Uh, Jawas uh, are mean, just short dudes in hoods. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. There's there's Jawas, there's Tusken Raiders, and then there's a bunch of aliens in the Cantina. And Chewbacca. But then... Yeah, and Chewbacca. But then there's, like, in Empire Strikes Back, you get the Wampa, you get the Tauntauns, you get um, the Minox, which are the, the little power-sucking bats inside of the stomach of the worm. You got, like... You got the big worm. <laughs> you, yeah, you got the big worm. You got the the, the little Ugnots, I feel bad for knowing that, who take apart C-3PO. Um... <laughs> Someone had Star well, Wars he, trading cards as a kid. <laughs> uh, no, not not. Well, I guess I guess it is a no. It's a collectible card game. I wouldn't say it's a TCG. It's a CCG. Okay. Um, but yes, I did. Um, I also have the uh, Star Wars uh, complete dictionary. Uh, it's no longer accurate. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I had it. I read the whole thing. It's accurate if you want to I believe it. it is. Yeah. I I mean it's it's an official Star Wars dictionary. It's it's just that it had a bunch of things that were legends now, um, which were canon because George Lucas said they were canon, but now they're not. Um. But they can be if you want them to Mara be Jade. because the sequel trilogy was shit. I miss Mara Jade. <laughs> Uh, she was. I think you're the only one cool. who's ever said I miss Mara Jade. <laughs> no. As I recall, the no, she was everyone complained about her being a Mary Sue constantly. Uh... And I, I'll be I'll be oh, fair. No. I have no yeah. opinion on Mara Jade myself because I don't think I ever read a single book in which Mara Jade was a major character. <laughs> yeah my my uh oh, man there was the uh, my expanded universe novels the were uh, Vader. the the six books that focused on anakin solo like like i don't even remember what those were called it was like jedi Stu jedi academy something like that yeah and they were like short little novellas about Anakin Solo yeah. and his his adventures in in Luke's school. <laughs> I remember there's one book uh, like like the World of Lyric or something that I always get confused now with the Rise of Lyric that fucking shitty Sonic game. The world of... I don't think that's actually what it's called. It's just a... Yeah. Or it might be called Lyric's World. Okay. Well, let me see. Lyric's World. Ah! Junior Jedi Knights Lyric's World. Yep, it's the second book. There we go. <laughs> Oh, you know, I have never heard of, of the Junior Jedi. Knights. No? 
Oh man, no. Th- these were the only expanded universe books I ever read. <laughs> My sister had a whole bunch of them when I was. A- she had the whole set. There's like six of them. Um, and yeah. she had the whole set, and I said, I really want those books. And she's like, if you read them all, you can have them. And so I sat down at the kitchen table, and I read through all of the books. <laughs> and then I read them multiple times as a child. There's one where, where Anakin Solo fights the uh, the ghost of Darth Vader. That's pretty cool. Yeah. trying to remember the first name of uh that's i thought it was michael but it didn't it wouldn't pull it up um i mostly read uh timothy zahn and michael stackpole books yeah what were those like and well fantastic (laughs) (laughs) they they they're they're fantastic books um the uh, they're they're both great authors. Michael Stackpole has a problem in that he is not good at coming up with his own things. Um, he's he's bad at at coming up with his own characters and stuff, which is why he doesn't have any of his own series. <laughs> I mean, I imagine this is uh, why a lot of these like fantasy and sci-fi author duos exist, like a uh, yeah Weiss and Hickman. In the uh, the Dragonlance yeah. books, I imagine that's mm-hmm. why they work together. Is one of them isn't great at like stories or character, and the other is. Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're good at stories, but they're just like they they have to be in a world. They have to understand that there's rules around the world, and then they can follow those. It's a problem when you know they have to come up with something new. Yeah. Um. So Michael Stackpole does a lot of science fiction books like uh, Battletech or Star Wars or MechWarrior or Dark Conspiracy or like all of these other franchises that he writes. And they're great books. They just you're they're not none of them introduce new characters or characters of any consequence. They're all like, hey, cool. Now uh, this character Wedge Antilles from A New Hope is is gonna be in this and i'll add a couple extra characters that you know, oh my god john work with him. this is a thing that sticks i does wedge die in empire strikes back or not uh no he dies in a new hope and then he's back no I, well, I no he explicitly does not die in a new hope it's a uh, biggs who dies yeah because I know Wedge is um, in the Battle of Hoth. Like, like he's he's shown in the Battle of Hoth. But I can't remember if he dies there or not. But I don't think he shows up in Return of the Jedi. Uh, pretty sure he, he does. He does? Yeah. Uh, Dak Ralter. What? Dak Ralter is is the the one who dies in, um, Empire Strikes Back. Okay. What what what, yeah. what does Star Wars dot fandom have to say about uh, Wedge Antilles? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, here, let me. Red Antilles. Oh, he shows up in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, I I know he he doesn't die. So he's dead. Um. <laughs> God, I He's dead to us. I hate He's dead to I us. I hate The Rise of Skywalker so much. It's such a bad movie. Like like It's such a bad The movie. last paragraph in this thing is in 35 ABY, Wedge fought alongside rebel veterans Lando Calrissian and Chewbacca over Exegol against the Sith Eternal fleet of the resurrected Darth Sidious. And that's just a sentence that should burn in hell forever. <laughs> Uh, so he and Wes Jansen became, uh, they destroyed the first AT-AT. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Th- that. That That's yeah. shown. That's where you see Wedge during that battle is he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was also Red Leader. Yeah. In, in the, uh, In A New Hope. The Battle of Yavin. Oh. Yeah, yes, that's A New Hope. <laughs> no, it's not. The, the Battle of Yavin is, is the New Hope. What? That's the Death Star. Yes, the Death Star, which was going to destroy the planet known as Yavin. Was it? <laughs> yes. That's the plot of the movie. Oh my god. Is that the Death Star is going to destroy Yavin. And so they have to blow it up. Listen, I for, I forget which planet they're trying to blow up. I remember they blow up Alderaan, and you no, know, then a whole bunch of bullshit happens with with robots on Tatooine, and then they go to the Star Destroyer, and Obi Wan dies, and then uh, let's go blow up the Death Star because it's a threat. <laughs> They never get on a a death uh, uh, star destroyer. Oh, that's that's also on the Death Star. You know what? You're right. That is that's, on the that's Death Star. Also on the the, the the star destroyer shows up because it's what captures Tantive Four, which happens first. Yeah. Um, it's been so long since and I've then seen this Alderaan movie. Blows up. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I can tell. I I noticed it earlier when you were talking about uh, Star Wars stuff, and I was like, oh, I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, my my list oh. of locations and shit is correct because you do see the inside yes. of the star destroyer in a new hope because that's where Leia is at first. Uh, well, I mean, she's on Tanta Four, uh, which is not a star destroyer. Oh, it's, it's a, not. Um, no. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> it's the big ship that passes across the screen at the start of the movie, right? That is a Star Destroyer, but she has never seen inside of it. Um, but that's where the opening the ship, sequence of the movie is, isn't it? She is inside of the CR-90 Tantive IV Corvette, uh, which is the thing escaping from the uh, Star Destroyer. But then it is captured, and uh, everything that happens after that is shown from... Inside of Tanta Four, uh, while the Star Destroyer is like trying to like lure it in and stuff. I see. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that you 
ever see the inside no you do you'd see it a little bit of the inside of it as they're pointing out the escape pod that got launched um but that's the entirety of the inside of a star destroyer you see because the rest of the uh the movie takes place on either the death star or tatooine or the millennium i see my bad except for like five minutes on yeah it's been so long since i've seen the movie i thought they were holding leia on a star destroyer i forgot that that was also the death star yeah yeah Yeah. also what a fucking waste of people like there's there were 22 x-wings and eight y-wings um that were in the battle and of those, 20 X-Wings blew up and 7 Y-Wings blew up. <laughs> Two X-Wings survived and one Y-Wing survived. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh. So wait, what's the planet that the Ewoks are on? Um, Endor. Endor, okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, that's a moon, I believe? Because I thought... See, I thought that, but now I remembering. I'm remembering it is called the Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you never actually yeah. see Yavin? No, you do. Yeah, yeah. They they land on Yavin. It's got the um the stupid rebel on a pole way up in the air, and he's got like uh, a speed um. Oh, it's that little base they're thing. on before they do the uh. The, the attack, attack. Yeah. okay yeah yeah i feel like shit for knowing all this. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like shit for not knowing some of this <laughs> at a certain at a certain point i could tell you the uh the differences in hyperspace speeds between all of the imperial ships and the rebel ships um i really knew my star wars and uh, fortunately, a lot of that I have managed to get rid of from my brain. But unfortunately, I still know way too much. <laughs> Man, if I didn't have all this shit in my head, I could have been a contender. Um, anyways, going back, uh, Michael Stackpole was really good, but he has no cleverness. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Michael Stackpole. This is what I have read about. Uh, in fact, I think even one of those things might have been written by you. Um, uh, Timothy Zahn does whatever the hell he wants. And, like, a lot of the, the Star Wars things are, are him. Uh, he came up with Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, he invented him. Um, he invented the uh, the the doomed Jedi Master Joris Sabaoth um and who shows up in a bunch of things he invented Mara Jade uh oh man he came up with like Luke's kids and stuff um I didn't know Luke had kids he did so many things yeah Luke Luke has one kid I think and Leia and Han have two and all three of them become Jedi. No, Leia and, and Han have three. Sith. 
They have three. They have the twins, mm. and then they have Anakin Solo. You're right. You're right. They have the twins. I, I forgot that they were twins. One of the twins becomes a Sith, and they have to kill him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But in addition to all the Star Wars stuff that he did, he also has, like, the Conqueror's trilogy, which is pretty good, and the, the Cobra series. And uh, one of my favorite series... Um, damn it why does why is it not written down oh the quad rail series uh, frank compton man those are really good uh, all five of those books are really really good. i remember my sister um, reading a lot of the books of the twins at the their academy which is different from the academy okay. that anakin solo goes to <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh. For some reason, there's multiple oh, he... Jedi Academies. <laughs> yeah, multiple Jedi Academy series. Yeah. Well, and multiple Jedi Academies, uh, because again, Anakin Solo goes to the one run by Luke, and the twins go to some other one that's like a star base of some kind. Mm. Like Anakin Solo's is on a planet. I think it's on one of the Yavins, actually. Yeah, it, it, well, yes, it is. Um, shit. Uh, that's another thing. Never read that, those books. Still know that that's on Yavin. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's on a Yavin. It's in the Yavin system. Yeah. And on a planet. So yes. I know it's not the Starbase one, which means there's multiple Jedi Academies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there is a reason disney tossed out the expanded universe when they got control of it they just didn't replace it with something better (laughs) (laughs) man most of the books i ended up reading were um either compilations of short stories which I love short stories. I think more short stories should be written in general. Please, authors, write short stories. I love them. They're pretty uh, cool. They're they're great. The problem is they're not profitable. Um, yeah, especially since you, in general you have to do them in collections and then like unless you're just really pumping them out you got to put your collection like it's a collection of multiple people and then you have to split the money and 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 also nobody's buying a collection of short stories unless they recognize an author's name yeah and if you recognize an author's name then you might as well just you know that means that they're big enough that they can get books yeah but but it's the problem with the capitalistic society we have today where everything has to be done for money as opposed to like you know back when things were better for white people in america in like the 50s and 60s and 70s and shit when uh you you weren't you didn't have to worry about money so much so you could just spend Mm -hmm. time your spare time (laughs) writing something that's going to be published in a magazine yeah 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 uh what was uh, you've seen um 
Star Trek Deep Space Nine, no. right? Not a single um, episode of it ever in my entire life. <laughs> well, it's it's fantastic. Uh, but one of the one of the weird episodes that they do is um <laughs> it's fourth wall breaking. Uh, basically the the Captain Benjamin Cisco um he goes into a coma and uh he wakes up in the like late 80s like (laughs) or maybe late 70s or something and he is a science fiction author and the rest of the cast are also authors or um artists or stuff and he writes a story and the story is deep space nine like it's a story that is deep space nine and it's it's a really poignant story because it's it's he's surrounded by absolute dirtbags uh like you know the cops are well cops haven't exactly ever been good like now but also these are 1980s and he's black so yeah they're they're real bad right and uh he wants to write the story and have a black man as the captain because again he's writing deep space nine but the uh person in charge of the um the magazine that he's writing for is like no we can't do that no one will read a book uh, with a black man in charge and stuff like that uh really really good episode um and (laughs) one of the uh the things i love about it is just the concept of these magazines because this is how it used to be like sci-fi didn't really come out in books it came out in a monthly magazine where there were like five or six different authors would write short stories for the show and or for the the magazine and i would love to pay for that i mean they still Um, exist they do they're just kind of it's just nobody reads them (laughs) (laughs) exactly and the thing is, like, the, the entire point of publishing in the magazine, even back then, was to get big enough where you could publish a book. Which is why, like, yeah. we we mostly know, you know, Heinlein and Asimov and, and Ellison mm-hmm. for their books. Well, Ellison's biggest thing is actually a short story, but he still wrote a lot of books well, that people remember, too. Yeah, and all of the, like... The majority of Asimov's work is short stories, and the books he wrote are, a lot of which are adaptations of his short stories. And a lot of which read like short stories anyway. Like, Foundation is essentially just chapter after chapter of individual short stories. Yeah. 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 So, the Jedi Academy trilogy. Okay, we have to end this episode at some point. <laughs> we do. <laughs> We've been talking for oh, like 30 minutes. Star Wars episode. <laughs> We've been talking for 30 minutes about not even sequels anymore. <laughs> y- y- I don't think anyone would have expected us starting this podcast talking about politics 
Then only you talking about video games. <laughs> then the Aquabats. <laughs> then just talking about sequels in general. Not even related to any particular thing. Just sequels in general. And then Star Wars for like half an hour. <laughs> to be fair, the sequels thing was my fault. I meant to talk about video game sequels. But you're a yeah, semantic well, asshole. That's boring. So. <laughs> that's boring. I like I like the concept of sequels as a concept. Uh, and comparing them. Uh, hey, uh, share this with someone who listens to Ska. Because they will like it. Because they have good taste. Um, and uh, uh, if you want to see more of us there's more episodes or you can check us out on there's there's an info dump below or in the information for this so just go to any of those places and you'll find us hey wombat what are you looking forward to for next week Ooh, what am i looking forward to Ooh, jesus um holy shit what am i doing this week oh god i'm such a boring person <laughs> Yeah, you need to go back to work. Ugh. I mean, I I will probably be putting in applications this week, but I ain't looking forward to that. I ain't looking forward to that. Shit. I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to taking another breath. Okay. Yep. Well, I did it. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, what happens tomorrow? Well... Uh, Destiny. Oh yeah, all day, every day. Oh, you know what? I'm still, I'm hey. still on my, uh, I- I'm still making cocktails and shit. And I recently added um, martinis to my my uh, catalog, mm. and they're okay. pretty good. So martinis are pretty good. I'm looking forward to making um, some more of those. How, how much vermouth are you putting in? Uh, two ounces gin to one ounce vermouth. Wow. Okay. Heavy on the vermouth. Yeah. Well, and I st- I stir it for a while to get more water in there to kind of yeah even it out a bit. Hmm. This is a a standard nar- martini, not a vodka martini. Yeah, right? it's gin. Okay. Yeah. I was looking which a standard. I was martini. looking at recipes for martinis, and I kept seeing vodka ones, and I'm like, vodka doesn't add anything. Come on, people. Well, I mean, it's it's there. There's a martini, and then there's a vodka martini, um, which usually is dirty. You should you should add um, the brine, olive brine to that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not an olive person. I, I put olives in mine, I and I always a, eat them at the end because I love olives. Yeah, I don't. So, I made a badass margarita this week, and it was fucking delightful. Uh. I mean, hand squeezed lime, hand squeezed lemon. Uh, I even i i don't i don't keep on, um, oranges on hand, so I squeezed a clementine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. I keep buying hand squeezers, and they don't work. I cannot find a oh. good hand squeezer around here. But like, um, the first one I got. It has like a little pour spout, but I, I would I would squeeze it, and I think it's a little bit too big for like limes and lemons. 
and, and so it doesn't so it doesn't is, is squeeze this like them a push down on yeah. squeezer no, it, okay yeah that one is that one you can sit on the the counter and like push down on it it's got it's got okay. a thing and it, it's a it's a reamer technically yeah. that that's that's called a reamer the squeezers are the ones where um you like put it inside of it and then you squeeze it together and it it shoots all the juice no i mean it does that it's just you can set you can have it in your hand or you can set it on the table it's got like a little base on the thing yeah like it's a squeezer but then i got another one because that one wasn't working great it wasn't getting all the juice out and i got this other one and i squeezed it and instead of coming out of the bottom where the juice is supposed to come out of it all came out the front which which way did you put the uh, lemon or lime in? Because you can, like, I know there's technically an obvious way to do it because there's a round end, and you would think you should put the round end. Right. There. Next time I'm gonna you should actually put that. Down. I'm gonna put it down next time because. It... Yeah, you want the juice portion pointing towards where you want it to go, and then it just inverts it. And, and ideally, you want something like this, is, is what... I, I just sent you a, an image of of a typical lime squeezer. Yeah, I mean, I have something like that. It's made of metal, so... Yeah, as is mine. Um, yeah, those work yeah, great. I'll try it um, like that next if time. If you're doing a lot... If, if you're doing a lot of things, you, you want a uh, citrus reamer. Um, Honestly, what I've been doing since my juicers like... suck, I've just been buying those little bottles of fucking like lime juice. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no! Don't do no. It's better than sitting there for thirty minutes trying to squeeze like half the juice out of three limes because the juicers don't work. <laughs> oh shit! That's I didn't want that. I want just the just the image. Well, I guess you can see the image. That's a reamer. That's what you want if you really want to. Yeah, I should get one of those, honestly. If if you want to do a lot of of them, then yeah, you you want something like that. Yeah. Because this other shit ain't working. Um, it's just not. Mm-hmm. I hate lemons. Okay. Lemons have way too many seeds. In I like them. lemons. I mean, I like the taste of lemons, but they have like thirty-seven seeds in them. It's crazy. All right, uh, can't be, can't be doing that. Goodbye. Right, well.